Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I am your host, Colin Morgan, and five days a week, I aim to motivate, educate, and inspire you to live the life of your dreams. I interview some of the most successful and inspiring people, along with sharing insight of my own in order for you to not only be successful in what you're doing, but prosper in business and life. The show is for grinders, people who don't just have dreams, but are willing to lay it all on the line and grind for what they want. Welcome everyone to The Daily Grind. Hey Grinders, I know it's early, but we're getting started with our holiday specials this month. For November only, we are dropping our mentorship program by 50% for all Daily Grind listeners. Now, due to pure volume and time, we can't select everyone, so we're looking for people who are not just looking to get better and make more money, but who are willing to make the necessary sacrifices in order to reach those massive goals you're setting for yourselves. So if that is you, be sure to book your 15-minute call with me today to learn more about how you can qualify for this offer. I look forward to speaking with all of you. Welcome back to the show, everyone. On today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you an, an interview I did on the Screw the Naysayers podcast with Tim Allison. I'm sharing with you this episode in specific because Tim's energy, first of all, is unmatched. His message and what he is doing is incredible. And uh, I feel like the what we get into on this at the beginning stages with kind of my background and what led me into doing what I'm now, and then specifically on the latter end, the importance of a business plan, I feel like that can really help you get clear on what it is you want to accomplish. So as always, everyone, grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, sit back and dive deep in today's interview uh, with myself and Tim Allison on the Screw the Naysayers podcast. Enjoy, everyone. You are listening to Screw the Naysayers with Tim Allison. Tim and his guests take on an education system that is failing our kids and provides practical advice that anyone can use to create the life they want. Tim is the author of Screw the Naysayers, They Suck Anyways, and the creator of Entresphere, a support and mentoring platform for entrepreneurs and wannabe entrepreneurs. To join our community of bosses, go to screwthenaysayers.com. Morgan is the host of the Daily Grind podcast and VP of Operations at the Plan to Profit Group, a company that specializes in creating business plans for clients that are investor ready. In this episode, Colin talks about his decision to give up on his dream of making the PGA Tour after giving it a shot, lessons he learned through three failed entrepreneurial ventures, and the decision he made to join forces with his father at Plan to Profit. He also shares with us the five things lenders said should be in every business plan and gives us his views on the role of a business plan. It's an interesting discussion in an era where many start startups are foregoing the traditional business plan. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. And I'm here today with my bud, bud from Ontario, Colin Morgan. So, Colin, thanks for joining me today. 
Tim, thank you so much for having me on the show. This is awesome. Yeah, there you go. It's always fun to talk to a fellow podcast host. So you've got uh, your show is what the, the the Daily Grind. The Daily Grind, yeah, yeah. Uh, airs five days a week. Um, so yeah, we're about 180, almost 180 episodes in, yeah. or maybe 180. I'm not exactly yeah. sure. I do so many of them with the five days a week, it's hard to keep up. I, I'm going <laughs> to tell you, man, I'm I'm moving to two and probably to three soon, and I'm it's uh, I've got much respect for you because it's a uh, it's more work than people realize. Um, <laughs> so um, listen, uh, tell us just a, a little bit about yourself. Don't get too deep into the business stuff, but a little bit about yourself, what you're doing right now, and you know what gets you up in the morning, what keeps you pumped. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, like you had said, I host a podcast five days a week. Um, and I also in, I'm into marketing and sales. I use storytelling and marketing to sell and in marketing and sales to help grow businesses. Um, I do that for my father's business and a few others. Um, what gets me out of the bed every morning is just the ability to get better every single day. Um, I learned that from sort of the restaurant business is sort of, uh, what we call a groundhog day. And that's where I grew up, where okay. every day is sort of the same, but you have the ability to wake up each day and be a little bit better than the where you, the, a little bit better than how you were yesterday. Yeah. Um, my background in golf, same thing. So for me, I just get up when exciting to know that today I have the ability to be better than I was yesterday. Yeah. So let's let's uh, let's hit that up then. So I mean, the, I get the sense that most of your family are you're, you've come from a family of entrepreneurs. Um, totally. And, yeah. Yeah. So, and you were a little bit the, the fish out of water because you just wanted to pick up those golf clubs and you know head off. Uh, when did that uh, habit bite you and uh, and, uh, and get you consumed with it? You know what? I, I was into sports from a very young age. Um, so I, I mean, I knew nothing else other than sports for a really long time. Even though, like you said, my I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My father, mother, brother, and sister are all entrepreneurs, um, funny enough. So we all uh, we all have the itch. But for me, it was sports for a really long time. It was hockey at a young age coming from Canada. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, in the summer times, it was golf. Um, so I would go from an arena to a nice field where I got to play golf. And yeah. I fell in love with that game really early on. I played some tournaments probably starting when I was 12, okay. um, a little bit later than most, but I got hooked. Uh, the first tournament I played, I won, and that's what I <laughs> knew for a while that I wanted to do. So I gave it everything I had. Um, I got to high school. I pretty much gave up most other sports, even though I played pretty much everything. I gave up most other sports. I focused on it, and that's really what, what drove me. And I ended up getting a full scholarship, played a few years professionally, um, but sort of lost it and, uh, had a few years of transition before kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. Okay. So let's go back there a little bit. So you, you've, you've, you know, during high school, it's all about golf. What kind of student yeah. were you? I mean, were you, you know, were you doing what you needed? You looked like a pretty bright guy. Like were you one of these guys that figured out you could, you know, just do an, uh, 80% effort would be good enough to get you, get you through or were you, you know, and then you'd have time for the golf course or? You know what? I did as little as I possibly could. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Now, not to say I was a poor student. I always knew that I had to get what I needed to get sure. done, but I did the bare minimum. Yeah. So I, yeah. I always have, I'm definitely a, a solid C student where I would never <laughs> be, I would never get an A, 
but I would never get an F. I wouldn't yeah, allow yeah. myself to get to that point. So I was kind of uh, right in the low to mid. <laughs> yeah. But you know, man, I mean, I've t- you know, like you, we talk to entrepreneurs every day of our lives and, and uh, um, that's a pretty common experience. And I, and that's yeah. one of the big, we, one of the things we're not going to get into it big time today, but the, one of the things we spend a lot of time on this show talking about is the education system. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's not set up for guys like you and I, like, you know, I mean, it's, it, 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 if soon enough, you sort of figure out what you need to do in order to, the minimum amount you need to do in order to get the result that's expected of you. And, um, yeah. you know, and, and, and I don't think, I think that's an indictment of the school system, not the, you know, the individuals that are, you know, that are in there. And it just comes from not being challenged with things that we really can understand or relate to or get the importance of. Um, so go ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. I said, or that we're interested in for, for me, it's like, yeah. Yeah, if I'm interested in something, I'm going to put my effort into it. That's why a few classes like I did, but it's everything else that I was like, I I couldn't relate to it. And that's why I didn't do anything. So chemistry (laughs) wasn't big on your list of fun things to do or calculus. Uh, I don't think the teachers (laughs) like me in chemistry. (laughs) Well, I can just imagine that one. All right. But you did do well enough uh, to combine with the athletics and you went off to uh, central Oklahoma. Um, So you come from, you came from uh, or come from a pretty small place in, you know, in Ontario. What was it like going to, from there to, to to Oklahoma it was two different worlds <laughs> I always say that it's for me when I first arrived there it was the heat wave that got me so I stepped out of the car and it felt like a wall of heat hit yeah, me yeah. Um, I always say the first round of golf I played I went through five golf gloves and like seven bottles of water it was wow. in, it was insane but uh for me, it was like stepping back 50 years in time. It, really? it's, very, it's a very different culture. They grow up with different belief systems. Um, it, they're just cut from, you know, a different, uh, different part of part of the world. And yeah. it, it's kind of it was a little bit difficult to get used to, um, for sure. Uh, definitely had its challenges. But uh, the people within the city who I met were all fantastic. Oklahoma City is probably one of the most clean, nicest cities that you could possibly go to. The people are really nice. It's just they have different belief systems. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, that's true all around the world. All right, so you you did that for uh, a couple of years because I I did hit up uh, a website. You know, you type into that magic thing called Google and call it Morgan Golf. And I see the profile (laughs) when you're starting your your sophomore year, I guess. And, um, And then after two years there, you decided uh, did you decide or was it decided for you that you were gonna you know leave college um it was kind of both i think i made the decision uh so there were some issues that happened within the team uh there which led to myself leaving a lot of things i mean the coach ended up being fired some players left were suspended it was just a it was a bad situation. Um, so for me, it was a point where I was really unhappy at that time. Yeah. Um, all I wanted to do was play golf. And for me, being the university, it wasn't about that, I felt yeah. like. Um, and to get to where I wanted to be, I wasn't going to be there. It wasn't healthy for me. I wasn't doing the right things myself. But at the same time, there were a lot of things happening around me, which and uh, the, the situation was just very unhealthy. So I made a decision at that time to leave with the intention, I'll say, of going back to school. It was never my intention to not go back to school. Um, I left with the intention of coming back. But after a few months uh, back in Canada, I realized that, you know what, I don't want to just go to school for the sake of going to school because I have no idea what I want to do. And I see so many people go to university, graduate and not have a job because they took general 
this or general yeah. business or something like yeah. that. So I wanted to be very specific. So I realized after a year or so that, you know, university is probably not going to be my path. Yeah. Yeah. And again, not, you know, nothing wrong with it. In fact, there's a, a level of self-awareness, you know, there. It's, it's, uh, it's really interesting when I, because we're a generation or so apart, or at least. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting, Colin, because, you know, um, I think your generation and, uh, well, I should, there's just so listeners know, how old are you today? I'm 27. 27. So, you know, you, you know, the, um, this was a number of years ago. So, um, yeah. you know, kids at your age, I say kids, I mean, because you're half my age or more than <laughs> half, um, but young people your age and, and even below, I mean, there was just, there's just an expectation growing up that you're going to go to university, isn't it? I mean, it's just sort of there. hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the end result is that, you know, we've, and that's so different than from when I was growing up. The expectation was on me, but because my mother had been such a, um, well, a hugely intelligent, you know, person, and I think she recognized some of some abilities in me and all that kind of stuff. But, but it wasn't the norm, you know, it was, yeah. it was becoming, but you know, then each generation wants better for their kids. And we got brainwashed into believing that university was the only, my buddy, Don Wetrick, who's a teacher in the States, he says, he calls it the big lie. And that's that the only uh, path to success lies through a four year degree program somewhere, you know, which is hogwash, yeah. you know, I mean, it's a, uh, and especially now when we look at the cost, like you were, you were getting uh, a ride there in terms of the scholarship, but for people that have to lay down that cash, you know, themselves, I mean, it's getting to be like that cost, you know, that return on investment, not so sure for everybody. I love education if it's for yeah. you, but, you know, it's got to be yeah. very kind. So um, you, you didn't give up on golf, though. You you, you know, you, you you had a goal when you left of still trying to, to make the, the PGA, eh? Yeah, well, you know, at that time, that was all I had. Um, was golf. That was really the only skill I felt I had. So I decided to, to play and I was, I did well in tournaments. So I'm like, you know what, maybe this is the path that I'm supposed to be going down. And for the first few years I did well, like for the first year I actually did really well. I, I cashed, uh, paychecks and first five out of my seven tournaments. Um, I was moving in the right direction. Um, I saw progress and then it kind of got to a point where it started to feel, uh, like a job. I, I felt a lot of the pressures get to me in terms of, you know, people being like, you know, you can only do this for so long. And I was bartending at the time to pay for all my tournaments. I was going to ask you, you got to live yeah. somewhere somehow. <laughs> yeah. So I'm living at home and my parents have always taught me like, you have to, if you want to do something, it has to come from you. Yeah. They're not going to give me any handouts, which I appreciated. Yeah. I do appreciate th- them doing that. But uh, it was practice during the day, work at night, find some times for some tournaments. And uh, I just kind of felt like it was just this cycle I was going down. I was partying and then I decided to go to Arizona one year. I think it was my uh, third year, third year playing. I decided to go to Arizona one winter and I was down there and I'm like, okay, I'm going to practice for six months um, in preparation for Q school. And for mm-hmm. those of you who don't know, that's to get onto the PGA Tour at that time. They no longer have Q school for the PGA Tour, but that's what it was. And about two and a half months in after playing some tournaments, my brother was down caddying and I just looked at him one time. We were on the ninth hole, very first round of a four-round tournament, and I looked at him I'm like, I can't do this. Like I- I'm miserable. I've been in Arizona for three months. I haven't experienced anything. I'm unhappy. Um, I'm negative. All I'm doing is going to a golf course and hitting a golf ball and I, and I'm pissed. Like I was pissed off at the world. And I think at that point, looking back, that's when I realized that what I thought I always was going to do, I, it wasn't my passion anymore. 
even though well, I still love it. Yeah, but you see, I bet you if you, three of your best buds called up right now and said, and you were able to take the rest of the day off and said, hey, let's go out and, and, and play around, you're going to be a big smile on your face and out you go. Ah, I mean, golf is still, you know I'm it. sure, still a passion. But uh, this yeah. is a really cool conversation, Colin, and it's so relevant to the people that, that we're talking to. Because, you know, this show is aimed at, you know, at, at people your age and younger who are sort of questioning, mm-hmm. you know, their, their, you know, their path in life. And one of the pieces of advice that, that they that that we there's so much controversy around is this around this word passion you know so so um a lot of people will say um that you 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 know you must pursue your passion and then other people will you know very much like you know what you've just described say hey if you're not careful you can turn that passion into a um it's great if the you know if if doing it as a job makes you feel the same way but if it takes yeah. away your um, so a guy like you, as long as you have room in your life for golf or athletics and stuff like that, it's still part of your life. It's still part of your value system. Um, but it's really interesting because I was I was going to dig with my notes here. Well, you know, my first thought when I saw that you sort of quit that golfing challenge after three years, you were still pretty young by that. What would you have been about 23, 24, something like 23, that? Yeah, 23, yeah, I think yeah. around 23, so, yeah. So, you know – Young to say it's not going to happen, at least in the golf world today. There's a lot of guys, much well, your age still, that are still out there pounding it, you know, on the yeah. junior circuits and stuff like that, trying to get in there. And it's not many will, but some will, you know. Uh, but yeah. it, it sounds like it wasn't a question of, of quitting because of lack of belief, but it was a question of, you know, it just didn't feel right. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a very much a grind. Like you tell yeah. people that you're going to, you know, uh, Australia to play golf. They're like, oh, it's so amazing. It's like, you yeah, know what? Yeah. You don't really experience much. You're on the same golf course for four days, maybe yeah. five days, um, and it's a grind. And you're living out of shitty. I don't know if I can sort. You're living yeah, out yeah, of crappy ahead. hotels. Yeah. Um, you're our, eating. Our audience has heard that word before. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're you're eating shitty food. I yeah. mean, you're just trying to scrape by yeah. for that last nickel so you can yeah. get in that golf tournament and you can make sure that you have what you need in order to be prepared. So yeah. for me that was a lifestyle of I'd seen it with some people in my family, even a couple of cousins, they you know, they bought an R V and they went down and they were trying to play golf. And to me that wasn't appealing. Yeah. Um so that's where I had to realize that I needed to either do that or I needed to to step out. And okay. um, I've always said I'm coming for the senior tour. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> there's the, there's the, the long term goal. You got a little a little ways to to you know to wake wait, uh, to go on that. So during yeah. the, that time, you were just doing you know bartending and stuff like that. When did you? Yeah. Um, and I know you had. We're going to get into what you're doing right now because it sounds really cool. But uh, I think it's just so important for people to understand the process isn't just oh I th- today I'll decide to be an entrepreneur and bam call oh. you know making money. So I know you had uh, you know some early efforts in entrepreneurship that were. Um, not as successful as you would have hoped them to be. So, you know, just give us the, you know, the, the 30,000 foot view of, uh, what that was all about and maybe what you learned from it as well. <laughs> I think it's the 30,000 jobs that I had. <laughs> okay, well, good. <laughs> yeah. For, for people listening, I bartended, I served, I was a manager of a restaurant. I then got into the golf business and I was a manager of a golf course for a little bit. Um, I attempted my hand into a little e-commerce business, uh, golf teaching business. Um, I sold international real estate. <laughs> I attempted to open a used car dealership where I was in-house financing vehicles to people who couldn't necessarily afford a vehicle yeah. um, at rates which were astounding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so I did a whole bunch of different things before I figured out what I wanted to do. But all of those things I did taught me lessons. It gave me skills to what I'm doing now. And that's what I appreciated. Um, but I, I tried everything. Um, I did everything, but a lot of the solo ventures I did in terms of e-commerce golf and the car business, I realized early on that I was doing those for one reason and that was to make money. And I figured out very quickly that if you're going into business for the sole reason, sole purpose of making a quick buck, it's not going to work out for you. So that's where I kind of opened my eyes and things sort of shifted for me, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really great point you, you make, man, there. And I, this is one of the things we talk about. I talk about this all the time. Um, um, and I'm, it's a big theme in the online community that, you know, that I've got going here is just trying to make sure young people, young entrepreneurs understand that every time they see that big success story and it looks like it was just a – first of all, I mean, the odds are that those people put in so much prior effort before there that they don't want to talk about it anymore. They're just so busy <laughs> putting this image out there that um, – and then the other thing is you got all of these – um, um, sharks is what I'm going to call them. The people that are out there selling the, these systems and, you know, buy this course, get this system, and you too can, you know, have a million dollar business within three weeks. And all you have to do is, you know, give me $399 yeah. and study, study this up. And, you know, I did it and you can do it. And um, I, it's just never the reality. And, and certainly never the reality for anybody that's got an ounce of happiness. Um, you know, when yeah. we're, when, when we get something, um, it's, I guess, an overworked term, but I mean, I think when you get something, to get something that you really want, that aligns with the things that you care about, that gives you the lifestyle that you, 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 you want, which includes hard work, you have to bust your butt and scrape your knees and have all sorts of, uh, pain along the way. I mean, so what were the yeah. biggest lessons from, you know, that you could draw from those first, uh, at least from the entrepreneurial, like the, the, uh, the, 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 yeah, the three, three or so entrepreneurial ventures you discussed? Well, I, I think that, you know, like I had said a little earlier, the one thing I loved that I did was I attempted a whole bunch of different things because it gave me different skills um, that I'm using now. Like I learned so much in sales from the car business and from international real estate where I was literally hooked up to a mic um, for like five, six now. hours a day making cold calls. Like yeah. that's something that I really took with me because no, no, now I'm no longer fearful of getting on the phone and I know how to deal with people. Um, and then e-commerce business, like if I ever wanted to open a store, like I would know how to start the process of doing that. And I know how to sell products through marketing, but the, the biggest is not doing it for money. Um, the second biggest is it's like that. I think you mentioned it on my show. It's like that shiny object syndrome where everything that you see, right. I was on this binge of, of trying to find the next thing. And I was, I would look at a web, I would watch a webinar where I would watch something on YouTube and I'd be like, wow, like that looks so easy. Um, I just got to jump in and create this webinar and then this webinar is going to run five days a week and I'm going to make a million bucks selling this little program that I don't have yet. And then you realize very quickly that it takes a lot more in order to do that. So I just took a step back. Um, What I realized from those losses was I never really had a plan either. Um, My intentions weren't right, but I didn't have a plan. I, I was kind of standing back and I, I just went for it. And I think that's a lot of people's mistakes early on is just jumping right into, you have so much passion, right? You have so much things that you want to do, but if you can just take a step back, um, look at how the business is going to operate, maybe create a little path for yourself. Um, you're going to avoid a whole bunch of mistakes because every decision you make in business can affect 
what you're doing next, and yeah. it can push you back a few years. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get that in just a, uh, you know, just a tad here. But I mean, what remind me again what your dad was doing for a living when you were experimenting with all of these different uh, careers? He was he was writing business plans. Yeah. Is there yeah. a certain irony in that? I mean, what's going on there, man? Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, well, I think I, I, when you're a kid, you know, you want to kind of do something, do things for yourself, right? And you know, you're, I'm, t- you know, 24 years old. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I know. I, you think you know everything, right? I'm like, I know everything. I'm smart. Like my dad doesn't know how to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, and that's just, I think, natural for kids. When you grow up, you you really don't think that what your parents are doing is what you're going to be doing, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. So, did you struggle at all with the decision to go into business with your father? Um, kind of, I mean, it wasn't for me, it wasn't a decision of, I'm just going to jump in. I I just started to get curious. Like, I'm like, what are you doing? What do you need help with? Um, and then it sort of evolved into, I I was really involved at one point and now I'm just sort of helping in terms of, uh, the marketing and sales side of it. But, um, I mean, getting into business with your family, I mean, it is difficult. There there are some difficult things to it. Um, for sure. A dinner conversation isn't a normal dinner conversation. It's a business conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, it's uh, it's fun too. Yeah. I asked because, <clears throat> sorry, but my, my daughter worked with me for a few years and I, I, I guess technically I worked for her. Like I was, you know, but I mean, um, <laughs> you know, it was one of these things, but, but, um, you know, I could tell very early on that, that she really was feeling the need to get out there and define her own niche and her own business yeah. identity. So it was a, a good mentoring opportunity. And, I'm, you know, and we're still, we have a great relationship and I still help her out, you know, whenever, whenever I can. But like she's off um, right today, she's in your neck of the woods, Orangeville or something like that. Probably not that far. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and uh, uh, but it is, you know, it does have its moments. And especially, like you say, around the dinner table, especially like uh, my Debbie, I'd be talking talking to my daughter and then my wife's sitting there th- trying to think what the heck are we talking about because yeah. not everybody in the family's in the loop and the, the conversation could get a little swirly so um and i'm sure that the daily grind and and all the stuff you're doing is is, a, is part of you expressing that right now that you know you're you're it's i love what you just said that you're into you know help, giving your dad as much help as, as he needs and maximizing that opportunity but you know carving your own path too because you know the age difference and everything else you're going to need your own path and i don't think you necessarily want to be the guy that's writing all those business plans unless it's uh, uh <laughs> you know inherent in you yeah um, exactly. so um and I look, I recognize that you're not, um, you know, the business planning expert, but I hope you don't mind if we, you know, if we dig a bit into that process. Sure. Um, because um, it's, 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 I think, so relevant for, you know, young people today that are thinking about starting a business. And there's a lot of different schools of thought on, on this. But I mean, you folks are, are big on, or you and your dad, and obviously with great success, you can talk about some of your stats, but I mean, of, of you know, a very... Let me back up. Tell me what how it differs from the the old traditional business plans that you used to be able to put on a scale and weigh them. And if they weighed fifty pounds, they were, you know, they were um, they were good to go or something like that. What makes you guys? What? How do you differ from what's been done in the past? Yeah, completely. Yeah, when, when people think of a business plan, I completely sympathize because they look at this right. Yeah, and they're exactly. like that's I, small. I, like how? <laughs> yeah, like how am I going to get through this? Um, and what you have to realize is the investor and the banks are thinking the same thing. Yeah, of course. So what we figured out is they look at 
essentially very few amounts of things. Um, they're going to look first at your numbers. Um, so they want to know that the business is, is viable. They want to know that you're going to be able to inherit the loan that you're getting, say, or the investment that you're getting. So that, I mean, that's the most important thing, especially if for use of a business plan, it's either for yourself, if you're smart, you're going to have one, or if you're looking for, for money. So if you're looking for an investor or you're looking for a loan from a bank to start a business, um, that's what you're going to use it for. So what we did is we just asked banks, investors, people were like, what are you looking for in these plans? And we identified five things that people were looking for. It's what you do, how you do it, how you plan on doing it, what are the numbers and who's on your team. So it's a very small. So what we do is actually 12 pages. Um, and it's very flowing. So what we like to say is the business plans change over time because your business is going to change. What you think about when you start is not going to be what you think about, you know, six, 10, eight months down the road. So we want the business plan to be designed for you in order for things to be able for variable change. Um, and we just want you to be prepared. So in terms of if you're driving across country, if I'm going from Ontario to Nova Scotia, the first thing I do is I go to my phone, I'm going to type in your address um, and my GPS is going to tell me the fastest route to get there. That's essentially what a business plan is doing. Um, It's just giving you the fastest route. There's going to be toll routes that come ahead. There's going to be roadblocks. But because you know the destination, you can bypass those and get back on track. So it's very simplistic um, and giving information that people want. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's a really great point there, man. And, and, and a great analogy. And boy, I love the, you're absolutely right, by the way, from the financial side of things, because I've done that kind of stuff for a number of years too. And, you know, they just, they don't really care about any of the other stuff. It's about the numbers and, and, and confidence in the people that are, are, are there that, that really comes down to it. But, um, when you talk about the, you know, that you use the GPS analogy and it's, it's an interesting one because an awful lot of, People, I'll even use the business that I'm, I've started, you know, fairly recently myself. I didn't know what that destination was, Colin. Like, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I just, you know, I felt like the the direction that I w- was moving in was was right. Um, um, but I couldn't have told you, you know, when I got uh, when I started Screw the Naysayers, for example, when I wrote the, my book, Screw the Naysayers, yeah. I would not have told you I was going to start a podcast. When I started the podcast. Still with no monetization strategy, I would not have told you that I was going to be, you know, uh, uh, founding an online mentoring and support, global online mentoring and support platform for, for young entrepreneurs um, because I just didn't know, you know. And, yeah. and so how do you – like I, I get how it would fit certain types of business, but does this process – are you guys do – you, do you feel this process you're describing works for any business or is it, you know, is it more the bricks and mortars ones? Well, it depends on where you're at. I mean, I, I believe it works for every business because, mm-hmm. I mean, the stats are numbers don't lie. Yeah, right. Sure. Um, like eight out of 10 businesses fail after two years. That's not, a you know, something that is it's for a reason. My point mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. So uh, we look at business and, and still do like the biggest thing is there's an art and there's a science to running a business. And someone like yourself is is a, just a is you're just an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, you don't take no for an answer. You're going to figure things out as you go. Yeah. <clears throat> not a lot of people are like that. I hear you. Um, not I hear everyone's you. like that. Yeah. So the art of the business is how you operate it. It's doing things like this. It's the front end that people see that is really attractive. 
Um, the science is the back end and that's how you make money. So we just want to let you know from the very beginning that here is where you need to get to in order to become profitable. So if we figure someone knows that they need 10 customers in their first four months, well then now they have motivate. Now there's a target set and now they can work towards it. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I, I would agree with you. Like most of the, um, you know, most of the, um, um, well, even I was going to say young entrepreneurs, but in truth, I mean, I've been, you know, I, I spent 12 years as a small business coach, man. And, and yeah. the number of businesses that I went in, into that had been in, in existence for a decade or more uh, were hanging in simply because the owner was willing to work ridiculous hours in order to, you know, to not lose it. But really yeah. didn't, couldn't have answered that question you just raised. Like, how many customers do you need to get? Um, they, they often also don't know how to price products. Do you get into those kind of discussions with them so they can understand this Absolutely. is what it's actually? cost you to deliver this service so because i absolutely yeah isn't it true that new entrepreneurs always undervalue the 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 product that they're going to provide and they're there's they're afraid to charge what they have to charge in order to to 100 percent. most people charge and i fell victim to this most people charge they look at they look at their competition right they're they're getting into business they go what does tim charge what does mary charge what does steve charge i'm gonna be like kind there you know like i'll be on the lower end of that so if someone googles me then you know i'm the lowest so people are going to do business with me but you have to realize like what are your costs of doing this what do you want out of this how are you planning on helping them what impact do you want to make and make a a price based on that because you don't want to compete you want to kind of create your own niche and dominate that niche Um, if you're competing with everyone else then the first thing people do is they look at price yeah if you're the same as everyone else, if you don't differentiate yourself from everyone else, the only thing people can do is say, okay, I have five options. What's the lowest price? But if someone knows what you do differently and that's going to you know, directly impact their business positively, then price no longer becomes the objection. Yeah. Yeah, and you know the, the the other experience that I've always had is that when you uh, really no small business can afford to try and compete on price, but if 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 you do, you attract all the wrong kind of customers. You you don't attract the kind of customers that actually value what you're doing, and so they're yeah. the ones that you're always getting into arguments with, and they want more, and they're complaining, and they give you the bad reviews online and everything else because they're, you know, it's just the mindset that they came in with. They 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 want to squeeze that extra drop of blood out of you, um, and I've not yet met a small business that has the the scale. To to compete on price. We always have to compete on doing yeah. something. Um, this is the way I, I, I meant one of my mentors told, said this to me many, many years ago. I, Bob Crockett, if you're, you're still around, if you're listening, it's you. But um, he said, you know, I always remember this. He said, the origin of any small business is the entrepreneur's belief that they can provide a product or service better than what is currently being provided. So mm. in your market yeah. or in your space, you know, whether it's locally, it might be your product may be no better in, 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 in some ways than a hundred other companies. But if people can get it from you locally or if you've got more passion or if you care about them more or if your employees are better trained or, you know, there, you know there's just a hundred different ways to differentiate. But you yeah. have to differentiate, you know. Um, and that's, I'm, I'm sure, a lesson that you probably got a lot from your father. Because I mean, it's from our generation. Certainly, when I was doing these this kind of coaching, it's it's. Um, um, now, talk to us about some of the success you've had. Because uh, you know, it sa- seemed pretty. You know, I saw some stats on your website about the 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 challenge that we keep hearing about is going out and getting money. And you've had pretty good track record in in helping mm-hmm. your clients get funding. So, talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean. 
we get clients who are looking for $50,000 and then upwards of, you know, hundreds of millions. So it's just about figuring out who they're speaking to. So we need to figure out who the investor is. Um, and what we always say is, you know, the investor, you want to find the investor. You don't want the investor to find you. You want the investor, if you're going into a certain specific industry, you want them to have experience in that industry. Because sure. you're not just looking for money when it comes to investor. Maybe you're looking to accelerate the process. They're going to have connections that you necessarily won't have. So it's looking at it differently. When you go into a bank as well, if you're looking for a loan, a lot of people go in, they're like, would you please give me money? Yeah, I mean, exactly. you have the, this is an opportunity for them as well. Yeah. So it's kind of shifting your mindset into, will you please give me money to, I have an opportunity here. Here's what it is. Let's look through the key points that you need to look through what questions do you have to make this happen? Yeah. Um, so it's not necessarily the business plan because, you know, people don't invest in plans. They invest in people. Yeah. Um, banks, investors, they want to believe that the person behind what they're getting is going to be able to execute that. So it's not just let's have a plan. It's being able to sell yourself yeah. um, that you're going to be able to do it and going in with a different mindset than everyone else. And that's what we found is really successful for people is just not going in begging for money. This is an opportunity. Let's find the right person, the right investor, and and let's get in and, and sell this. See, that's really powerful advice. That that mindset. We talk about mindset all the time in so many different ways for you mm-hmm. know for entrepreneurship. But I'd never really I mean I know what you say to be true. Um, but I'd never really overtly said it, you know, so far on this show. So thanks. I mean um, it really is like when you go in and people send, it's like when you're trying to sell something If people sense you're desperate. Nobody wants to buy anything from you. Um, exactly. When you, and, yeah. and in, in essence, that's what you're doing. People don't realize the bank is actually buying from you in a sense. Like they, you know, they want, um, you know, they're on quotas. They've got to get their, their, they their money out there. They need to loan money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but they, they, but they, yeah, they get real nervous because if you're nervous, then they get nervous. They, they feel that you're yeah. not overly confident in your, you know, in, in what you're, um, what you're bringing to the table. So that's really, that's really cool. Um, so, um, if you, if you, um, following along on this mindset thing, another uh, thing that I saw you talking about some, in, in some of your previous social media and interviews and stuff like that, which I, I thought was cool. Talk to us about how you differentiate vision from, from specific goals. Yeah. I mean, I love this. Um, everyone, maybe you don't have a vision like people who are young in terms of what a vision is yeah. a vision for me essentially is when I look back at it is like, what do you want? What do you want your life to exactly. be? How do you want your life to feel? It's not, it's not things like yeah. when I look at a vision, it's not like I want a Ferrari or I want a, a mansion. I want to live on a yacht. Like those are things that come with it. Right. So like, what do you want out of life? And it's kind of looking back at a little bit of your why, right? why and because and it's vi- it's visualizing what that feels like and what that looks like and then for me the small goals that you set for yourself are micro goals that you need to set monthly weekly and daily um so you need to have a vision set out for yourself so for me i wake up in the morning i say okay what what are the three things that i need to do today and then how am i going to accomplish it yeah. and just having that little three to do list just gives you little wins Um, And the more little wins you can have, it leads to your bigger goals. So you may have a goal this month of making an extra, say say for people, making an extra thousand. I want to make an extra thousand bucks. Well, how Mm -hmm. do I plan on doing that? 
I need to do this, this, and this. Okay. And then break that down daily. So every day you're just setting yourself up to have those small wins, do those little things because you're not going to get it all done in one day. So for me, like I said, it's progress. It's not perfection. It's not, it just, can you continuously make progress? Yeah. And isn't that so so important? Because the problem is when we're in in school, uh, all the way up through college, university, or whatever. I mean, we don't have to do any of that stuff. We, people tell us what we have to do today. Mm-hmm. You know, we show up, we sit mm-hmm. down, and and they tell us. And then when if we enter the world of work, it, whether it's a bartender or an architect, I mean, whatever the job is, if somebody else is paying me, I simply do what I'm told to do. I mean, this is what yep. I have to do. You know, is I've got to go serve this many people and order this these supplies and you know, inventory, the alcohol or whatever the the task might be. As soon as we step out into the world of entrepreneurship, all that, that structure is gone. Like there's nobody. And, and it's kind of like the, I quit because the thing about entrepreneurs is that what we do is what you, what you do every day. And what I do every day is we sell. Like, you know, we are a hundred percent salespeople, whether, whether not everybody understands that, but the day you decide to own a business, you've decided to be a salesperson. (laughs) And the problem with sales or with trying to grow a business is that it's very difficult to measure progress if you focus on, you know, longer term goals or, or even monthly goals or, 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 you know, I mean, because you could, you could have 10 conversations today with, with, uh, let's say you're, you know, a company selling, uh, you know, some software or something, you could have 10 conversations and make no sales. And you might've yeah. had the best day of, of your year. You just don't know it yet. You know, because there's there's often not this instant correlation, you know, between, oh, I've had that conversation and I'm going to make money. Um, yeah, whereas, I mean, it takes seven to seven to 12 touches, right? Yes. You know, and uh, look, in, in some of the businesses that I was in, it sometimes took two or three years. I'd be yeah. sitting there and all of a sudden I'd be having a, a good month and then another, like I used to call them bluebirds that just fell out of the sky and I'm like, oh, wow, life is so <laughs> great. And then I'd stop and I'd think, well... That didn't just fall out of the sky. I mean, I talked to that person two and a half years ago. It's just yeah. it took – and I stayed in touch with them and it just took this long for it to circle around. And I just didn't know that they were approaching that moment when all of a sudden, you know, there was a significant piece of business there. You just – you know, it's so hard to measure. So I – you know, what you've repeated today is just fabulous advice when you get up in the morning if you have a small business, an entrepreneur. If you write down that list of the three things that you – at a minimum you want to get done um, – because the risk is if we don't, we get so caught up in the day-to-day stuff and get distracted and we're running. And even, Colin, even after all these years that I've been an entrepreneur, 30 plus, I still have days when I, I, I have to stop and I say, what did I say I was going to do today? So why am I doing yeah. this? You know? I do too. I mean, I think everyone does, right? And, and I love what you had said there how, you know, jobs provide structure. Yeah. But entrepreneur, there is no structure. So your job is to create that structure. So that's where morning routines come in. That's where these to-do lists come in. That's where stepping outside of your environment come in. Because you can really, if you're working from home, sometimes I look back and I'm like, I've been in this house for like two days. How creative can I get? I need to step outside of that environment and maybe, you know, rekindle something. And I need to get exercise and I need to eat right because all of these things matter. And no matter what you're doing, you need to create structure within what you're doing. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like a, a regimen, like something no. specific. Like I do this every day, no matter what. I do these yeah. five things and it's at this time. But you need to be able to do those little things in order to create that structure for you because it's so important because I've fallen into that trap so much where yeah. it's like you're sitting back. I'm like, I've been doing this for like a week. I need to, yeah. I need to do something different. 
Well, <laughs> and, and it usually when, when it hits us like that, it's when we've realized that we start to realize we're not productive anymore. Yes, we're sitting totally. there, we're working and, totally. and you know, thinking, how come this is so hard for me? I mean, I used to be able to do this stuff really easy. And then you realize, well, it's, it's just because you haven't you know, gotten away or recharged. I mean, for for years, I don't have the the, uh, the legs to do it anymore. But for years, my morning routine is I just blocked off until 9.30 in the morning. And I took my, I lived near the ocean. I would take my dog and we would go down to the beach and we'd go for a big, long walk and, um, yeah. you know, get exercise. And I did so much thinking there without thinking. I was not going there with the intent of thinking about totally. work, but I'd come back and I'd sit down and the five problems that had been driving me crazy yesterday, I just jot down the answers. Like, it's just, where'd they come from? You know, yeah, just it, it, give it, yourself it's space. Finding, it's finding that, that zone, right? Yeah. And it, it's, a, it's a term in sports and it's a term in business. And you had mentioned like there's some days where in business the, things seem so easy to you, right? Mm-hmm. You speak to a client and it's so flowing and natural and you connect and the money comes in and it's like, how do you create that every Every single day? How do you get that consciousness of being in that zone? So that's what you need to really break down and that's where a lot of the structure and routines come in to help. Yeah, there you go. So um, I guess, you know, we're getting close to winding down here. I mean, if there is um, the one theme that I I think I want to go back to is you talked very early on, the first thing that came out of your uh, mouth about lessons was the, you know that it's not about money and that if you sort of chase money mm-hmm. first, um, it's uh, it didn't work out too well. So, how do you for 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 people that are out there that are struggling, like you know they they have interests, they're, but they're trying to find that way to take something that they that they enjoy doing and figure out how to make money uh, or or you know create that business idea. What what advice, if any, would you have for them, Colin, to you know sort of make that happen. Yeah. You know, I would love to share a story here because I think this will say it all. Um, there was someone who, uh, got out of university, similar situation to a lot of others, didn't know what he wanted to do. Um, so he decided to, to pack his bags and go on vacation. Like, I'm, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm just going to see the world. Mm -hmm. And hopefully after this five, six months of, of soul search, I'm going to find what I want to do. And he went out and he made a lot of friends. He made so many connections. His world changed. The way he thought of the world changed. But he came back home and he couldn't answer the question, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. So he worked for a little bit and he did it again. He went out and he did it again. And this cycle went on for two, three years of just, you know what, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to try to find myself, find what I'm doing. And he sat down with um, a, a businessman once who was very wealthy, did very well. And he's like, you know what? I just need to figure out what I'm going to do. So the businessman gave him time. They're sitting there eating lunch. And the businessman asked him, like, what are you doing when you're on vacation? <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm just traveling. I'm, I'm exploring cultures. I'm just trying to, you know, figure out what, what it is that drives me. And he said bluntly to the, to the kid, because he was a kid at the time, he goes, you're never going to find what you're looking for. You have to create whatever it is that you want in life. Yeah. Nothing's going to show up. You need to create it. And he dropped the $100 bill on the table and he said, you can use this for whatever you want, but it's your choice. Mm-hmm. You can decide to go drinking or you can decide to invest it in what you want to do. Um, and from that moment, he went on to do amazing things. But it goes back to the point of you're never going to find what you're looking for. If you're out there just like sitting back going, 
you know, one day it's just going to click for me. Yeah. It's unfortunately not. You need to create whatever it is. So if you want to do things, you need to experiment. You need to do because those experiences will lead to figuring out what you want to do. So just create what you want in life. Don't wait for it. Yeah, there you go. I couldn't think of a better way to sort of wrap this one up, Colin. So for the listeners out there, my listeners that would first of all like to catch you on your podcast and also to get in touch with you about the, you know, your business planning uh, process and all that, what's the best place for them to hit you up? Yeah, you can visit dailygrindpodcast.com or you can search for that on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Google Home, Alexa, anywhere you can tune in radio, anywhere you can listen to a podcast, you can tune in there. Um, and feel free to reach out to me if you are on there, have any questions. Um, I always love to just give 15 minutes of my time to anyone uh, who I come on the show with. So just reach out. We'll book a time uh, and see, you know, if I can't help you, my biggest goal is I have a network of almost 250 people that I can put you in touch with. One of those people, I promise you, can help you. Um, if you want to learn more about uh, business planning, you can visit plan to the number two profit.ca. And for all millennials out there, you can just follow me on Instagram at Colin Morgan DGP um, or Twitter, Facebook. Um, I can share with you all those links and make it super simple for everyone. But those are the best ways to connect with me. Perfect. So we'll have all those up on the on the show notes and and when we uh, you know when we promote it. So Colin, thanks so much for being with me here today, man. I've really really enjoyed the conversation. Some great points today. Tim, thank you so much for having me. I love your show. I love what you're doing, and you're teaching people what they're not taught. which I love. So keep doing what you're doing. You're providing tremendous value to everyone. Thanks, man. Hey, folks, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite app for podcasts. To get more information on our global community of bosses, head over to www.screwthenaysayers.com or members.entrosphere.biz. Till then, remember, naysayers suck. Naysayers suck.